Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 224. I want to thank you for joining me on this episode. So today we are going to discuss just a a brief, um, let's call it a revelation. Um, I was reading just the other day in Matthew, and I came across this portion uh, of Scripture that I've read countless times. I've thought about it countless times, and I, I came upon this portion, and it just stopped me in my tracks. You, you may ask, you know, why or for what reason? Well, because a way that I have perceived a particular um, conclusion, I guess, if you will, um, regarding the flood and Noah— the way I've been likely taught all my life and or even just kind of presumed um, out of that place um, has just completely changed. And um, does it does it does this change in my understanding? you know does it practically change anything in my you know spiritual journey? Well, not necessarily. Um, but it is important, I think, to seek to understand things, I would say, correctly and, and accurately because, one, it's important because Scripture is, is important to understand. Uh, the truth is worth discovering, even if it doesn't necessarily shift you from one um, practical application to another. Um, it's important to seek uh, because truth is important. Now, I say that to just justify why it's, I think, important to talk about. Um, number one, it's fun. And number two, um, I think anytime we can um, pursue the right understanding, then it's important. Um, I don't want to say, though, that what I am going to say is um, is infallible um, because I could be on a wrong conclusion, but I think that there is something to this um, as Scripture um, ab- you know, absolutely supports this stance. And so we will read the the scripture, and then I'll just we'll just kind of chat about it um, for just a moment. Um, but we're we'll be in Matthew chapter twenty four, and it'll be verse thirty seven, and we'll read also uh, verse uh, through verse thirty nine. Now Jesus is speaking here, and that's important to know because what Jesus says, um, it. It warrants us to give it plenty of attention and seek to fully understand it uh, because he himself is the truth. So, therefore, anything that he speaks uh, should cause us to, to stop and pay attention. So, verse, we'll start in verse 37. And Jesus says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. 
For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Now, I read that out of the NIV. Um, if you process that through different translations, um, it'll render it different ways, and some are more subtle and some are uh, just more explicit. And I think, especially in the NIV, it really punches the point. Um, but other translations uh, can somewhat smooth that out, and it would be difficult to notice. But I read out of the NIV um, very often. I just like the way it flows. I do get very disappointed at some of the way they choose to uh, to to render certain portions or passages or, or translate certain words, the things they pick. Um, I, I have here even very recently, so much so I thought about creating an episode about my disappointment of it, but um, I'll try to resist that maybe for now. Um, but I just love the readability of the NIV. But I don't know, maybe you, did you notice it, what I said? Um, for um, in the days before the flood, People were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Here it is. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Now that that took my breath away when I came across it. And I thought, what do you mean they knew nothing about it? Well, I thought about it for a second and you know in my in my in my mind of what I understood to be the case for the Noah's flood I I thought now wait Noah was building this ark like God had instructed him um it was a colossal structure so no doubt this would have caused quite a scene. I think that is a fair assessment. So, uh, and very likely the population there was, you know, much more space than we have now. So, sure, it may not have been a highly populated area, but no doubt people would have word would have traveled about what Noah was doing. I mean, he was building on it for a long time. So they would have had the opportunity to come see. And people are curious by nature, so they would have um, wanted to see what Noah was building, this incredible structure, and for what purpose it would be built. Now, here's where my, my kind of paradigm um, shifted. I've always assumed or thought or was taught that... Noah was building this ark, and I can just see him, especially in some of my Sunday school lessons in the past when I was young, I can see Noah standing there trying to warn the, the, the people that this judgment was coming, that, that a flood was coming, and it was going to destroy the earth and all in it, and that, that they should 
to avoid this coming judgment, they need to come into the ark with Noah to be to be spared. And all of these people would have, uh, as we, as I've understood the story, would have you know, mocked him or scorned him, ridiculed him, but absolutely not believed him. Uh, because, as we know, Noah and his family, uh, his sons, their wives, Noah's wife, eight, eight people in all, were the only ones on the boat, not counting the animals. Um, and so no one believed him, and so they they did not join him. And once God shut the ark, um, then that was it. Well, but what did Jesus tell us in that verse? He said, verse 39, And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came. So Jesus is telling us that people didn't know. So that would tell that would say that Noah didn't talk about it. He didn't warn them. Um, they didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. So he didn't prophesy this to them. He didn't uh, he didn't um, tell them to join him on the ark to avoid this judgment or to um, this coming wrath. They didn't know. Now, you know, maybe this is something that you've already come to uh, understand, and that's great. But I, I mean, this went against every Sunday school understanding that I've ever had. And so it was pretty, it was pretty deeply impacting now, if if you are like me and you came to that conclusion, um, I had to go back and look Genesis chapter six and chapter seven, where where we read we're introduced to Noah, we're introduced to the wickedness on the earth and God's disappointment in the creation that He had made and His intention to. Um, to start again through Noah and his line and to wipe out every living thing that he had created outside of what he had established to save. And Noah um, was well informed on what God was intending. You find that in Genesis 6 and 7. God was very specific with Noah about what he was going to do, about he was going to send a flood. Now, again, I I had to think for a minute, did, did Noah not say anything? Genesis 6 and 7, we find no suggestion or explicit statement to say that Noah spoke about what was coming. Now remember, Jesus said they knew nothing about it. Um, so I was kind of surprised by that. There's nothing in six, Genesis 6 and 7 to suggest that Noah spoke about it, tried to warn people, uh, tried to um, rescue them, uh, invite them into this ark. Well, again, if you are like me, maybe you think about the... Um, 
the phrase about Noah being a preacher of righteousness because um, I, I thought about that too and I actually had to look it up where uh, where was it that I remember hearing that phrase and it is found in second Peter chapter 2 verses verse 5 uh, so let me try to quickly turn to the book and forgive me I did not have it to prepared spot second Peter chapter 2 verse 5 and this is Peter's writing uh, it says if he God did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on on its ungodly people but protected Noah a preacher of righteousness and seven others so there is where we find that that phrase, a preacher of righteousness, and it kind of kind of goes hand in hand with this idea we have. We kind of picture I have pictured Noah standing around the boat and preaching righteousness to the people to get them, so to speak, saved from this coming wrath. But I think that that. That phrase, a preacher of righteousness, it warrants closer look. Now, we won't necessarily dive deep into it for the purposes of this uh, episode. However, I think that there's more to be found or to be understood inside of that, that phrase or that word. The, the word preacher, it's actually not a word that we see very often in the New Testament. In fact, I think there's three times it's used. It's the Greek word um, kerix. It is a herald, um, or it could also be uh, deter- or described as a proclaimer, um, but it's used three times. That third time is in Second Peter, um, and it's used also twice, the two other times in the writings um, of Paul to Timothy. And where Paul is describing himself as a preacher, among other things that he lists, an apostle, a teacher, um, but he calls himself a preacher. And so, yes, Paul, we picture him fairly easily standing, preaching, and proclaiming. But what about Noah? Well, we don't have anything in the Old Testament to show us an illustration of him as a preacher. So what if we are to think more deeply about it? How can one be a herald of righteousness? We do, however, have in Genesis 6 verse 9 that Noah was righteous. He was blameless, it says, and it says he was he walked with God. Um, that's an incredible thing to chew on, but... Um, what if this is what a preacher of righteousness is? It, it, it is one through their lifestyle that lives a life of righteousness. They herald their life to those around them by exhibiting a lifestyle of righteousness. Um, I think that is a fair 
conclusion to draw, though I can't say that he explicitly was not a preacher like we would think of a preacher, though I don't think he was that. Um, He was a righteous man, blameless before God, and he walked with God. I think this Noah, um, for at least the purposes of how we discover him, was one who was... um, lived a life that heralded the righteousness uh, available in a life in God. Now, you may ask the question, well, hopefully you you don't get offended at this idea that God didn't tell, um, and I know that's a big jump, and some might be uncomfortable with that jump, but... Um, Jesus says they knew nothing. So I'm going to take that at its word, at its face value, and assume and believe that they knew nothing. Um, I'm not offended at the idea that they knew nothing. It's not unfair of God to not tell them. The, the the whole earth was full of evil wickedness, their hearts full of nothing but evil. These people had chosen their way. They had chosen their path. And so, um, whereas Noah had chosen uh, righteousness and to be with God. So, I'm not offended at this idea. I'm, I'm not offended that God didn't warn them or try to save them. Now, that's also a big jump, and I realize that it's not, it's not fair of me to conclude that because um, I don't know that someone else wasn't, God didn't speak to them, um, that God hadn't been speaking to them to try to get them to turn from their wickedness. And I hope that you don't hear this to suggest that I am uh, trying to take away any uh, attributes of God as merciful. Um, He's not ruthless. Um, He is fierce, but he is full of mercy. There's no question in that. Um, Scripture would support that, um, you know, without question. But what I do want to do is maybe shed some light on some of our presumptions that maybe, even though good-intentioned, had been misrepresented or wrongly illustrated. Um, I think that there's no question that Noah was told explicitly what would happen. Uh, maybe there were some details that he could, didn't have yet, um, God often does that with each of us as he uh, tests our obedience to him. But um, he he definitely had details. Um, and it's also a fair conclusion that God often does keep things from people uh, for different purposes. And where... What I don't want you to think is, well, that's not fair, um, or maybe my conclusion isn't biblical. We see often in the New Testament Jesus' experiences, encounters in his ministry, he, he himself 
when casting out um, evil spirits from people, he would tell them to be silent because they would be announcing or proclaiming that he was the Son of God. He didn't want that. He didn't want them to reveal that. Now, we know that Jesus wanted people to know him, but there are moments where the truth was not permitted to be heralded or let if you if you'll give me this liberty or preached um and there's times when Jesus was with his you know uh, Peter, James, and John, and they got to see things, his transfiguration. They were told not to tell people about what they saw until a time. So um, there's other times, um, uh, other many other times, where a, a good revelation that we should proclaim, Jesus himself says no. Don't don't say anything about this. Keep it quiet. Um, even in his healing ministry, he he had told individuals to not tell anyone. So, this idea of keeping good truths under wraps does carry biblical scripture to support it. So, so I say all that to say this: the the way. I have concluded the um, the way Noah and the flood transpired as it relates to people's um, ability to know and to, in a sense, turn from their wickedness and enter the ark. Um, I don't think that happened. I don't. I. Th- I think that I'll take what Jesus said as as true and at face value, and that they knew nothing about what was coming until it came. And so, um, hopefully, that was um, just insightful. And I hope that you you still, even in light of that fact, can value God's mercy, that you can even find God's mercy in it, and that you can appreciate Scripture and maybe, like me, unravel some of those paradigms that you had had created for you or built for yourself. Um, take what I say, um, search the Scriptures, uh, decide for yourself, um, you know, do you have ears to hear it? Do you find that there's truth in it? Um, and is there anything to un, to unpack and to discover inside of it? So I hope it was an encouragement and insightful and interesting, and um, I appreciate you taking the time to join me on it. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one. God bless. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you. I'm